Amen. Thank you for that. And I'm thankful for faithful men. We're going to look at a faithful man this morning. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 6. And I'm thankful for uh, the faithful men in my life as well. I'm thankful for my dad. thankful for the influence that he's on my life. I'm thankful for those that have an influence outside of my family as well. We all have faithful men that have been there for us, people that have been like fathers to us, and very thankful for them. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here um, this morning. You know, being a father is new to me. I've only been a father for four years. Yes, let me do the math. <laughs> but it's it's new to me, and I like Father's Day. You get you get another day to get gifts. You know, Simon went and he, they went to the store the other day, and they came back and he got me a pack of golf balls. I was like, "How'd you get the hint? Was it because I was shining my golf clubs all week? I was sitting in the garage, and Simon peeks in, Daddy, what are you doing?' And I'm sitting there shining my golf clubs. He got the picture, but." Uh, <laughs> It's another day that we get to celebrate, and we're thankful for the faithful men in our life. And this morning, we're going to take a look at one of those uh, faithful uh, men. We're going to look at Noah. So Genesis chapter 6 this morning, starting at verse number 5, the Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, And it repent, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, the earth was also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked up upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of the flesh is co- the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So let's pray this morning as we begin. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for everyone that's here today, Lord. We're thankful for fathers as we get to celebrate them today. And Lord, we know that on Father's Day, um, there's different emotions, and it's a joyous day for some, and others' day, it, it may be a hard day, Lord, but you know the hearts of everyone that's here, and I pray that you just be with us, speak through us, uh, speak, speak to us through your word this morning. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. So this morning, we're going to look at Noah, and one of the things I wanted, I was thinking about when I knew I was going to preach for Father's Day is a faithful father. So as I was thinking, and uh, I was thinking about different uh, people in the Bible, and you know, you think about Adam, and you think about uh, different men, Abraham. But I thought of I thought of Noah because I looked at the 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 climate of the day that he lived in, the time that he was living in, and I found a lot of similarities to the time that Noah was living in, and to where we are today. And when I look at the world today, there's one thing. If there's one thing that the world needs, is it needs faithful fathers. You know, you look at, in society today, how fathers are portrayed. You know, you look at Hollywood, you look at shows. You know, the father is portrayed as, you know, 
a big dopey guy, someone who's incompetent, someone who's disconnected from his family, doesn't really know what's going on. You know, it's they're always the mess up. And that is not what the world needs. And that's what's being portrayed. What the world needs is faithful fathers. And this morning, I'm going to be using interchangeably because not everyone here is a father, but um, the principles remain the same of remaining faithful. You know, if we want to see a change in our country, I believe it's going to start in the home. If we want to see revival in our church today, it's going to start in the home. And that's going to start with dad at home, being a leader, leading your family, leading your children, and showing them what the Word of God says. And what a great example we have here with Noah. Um, everything in his generation, like I said, is similar to what we're facing today. You know, Noah had a very difficult task at hand when God spoke to him. But we see that even in the climate that he was living in, what God had commanded him to do, we see that Noah lived a righteous life with his family during some of the most wicked days. So this morning, I'm going to look at a few different areas, and we're going to look at the culture of man at the time. We're going to look at God and his perspective, and then we're going to look at Noah as the faithful father. So first of all, I want you to notice with me the fallen culture of man. The fallen culture of man. If you read at the beginning of the passage that we're in, Genesis chapter 6, starting at verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be in hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, that they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So we see as you read through Genesis, the book of beginnings, and the longer time goes, the worse sin goes. So we we see from Adam and what had happened there in the garden up to the time where Noah is, it's gotten worse and worse. The times are getting worse and worse. And we see a fallen culture. We see society spiral, spiraling downward quickly. And, you know, from the very beginning, it started with a man and a woman, two, two humans, and it all went wrong from there. Two people. But now at this point, we have lots of people. The world's populated. And we went from two sinners that couldn't do right to a bunch of sinners. So you can imagine the state, the condition that they were in. And we see that in verse number five. It says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So what, what, what it's saying there is that literally every thought that they were having, the, all the desires of their heart, everything that, that they were conceiving started in the heart, was wicked continually. That was what was on their mind. That was what was on their heart. And when you 
start thinking these imaginations and they start growing in your heart, you know what eventually happens? They come to life. They happen. They come to your hands. And that what was, that what was happening at those times was that it, evil which is on their heart continually and it would come to pass. And in verse 11 it says, the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. So it was a violent day and those evil imaginations would come to fruition and violence was happening. And if you look at our society today, very similar. Evil is on the heart of man and it's coming to fruition. You look at the violence that's plaguing our, our our world today. So we see the sinful nature of society at this time. And when we see even uh, those that, we, we see that all those were, were sinning, but there was also people that were um, of God, but were walking away doing wrong. Those that, those who have been taught right we see that they're marrying uh, with people that are doing wrong. And Bible teaches us that we're not to be unequally yoked, and we see this is what's happening here in verses um, 2 and 4. Genesis 6, verse 2, it says, And that the sons of God saw daughters of men, that they were fair, and took them wives of all which they chose. And we see that again in verse number 4. We, we've, so basically, we've got this godly line of Seth that's come from Adam, um, and that that line of Seth has been giving a, a wonderful heritage, a godly heritage, where we, we're going to see the seed of Christ. We're going to see Jesus Christ come through that line. Through Seth would come the Messiah, the perfect lamb that would die to save us. And they were a preserved children. They were the ones that God was going to use. And these were the sons of God. But we see here in this passage that they made a compromise. You know what the Bible says? It says they saw the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And, you know, does this sound familiar as we're looking at Genesis? If we go back to Genesis 3 in the garden where we see Adam and Eve, what happened with Eve? She saw, she looked upon the fruit of the tree and saw that it was good. Her eyes affected her. A lot of Christians today were in this scenario and we're We've been raised right, we've been taught right, but we're being, we're compromising. And a lot of it was being affected by the eyes. We're following their eyes, and there's compromise. And it's a shame because when we look at society, we say, well, look how far society has gone. But then we look at some of our Christian lives. We look at some of the Christian families, and it's a shame because oftentimes we see godly families compromising. We see children who are taught right, They've been exposed to right things. They've been born into the right families, but we see that they're living the wrong way. And you come from a godly heritage, and you end up looking to the world for something that will satisfy you. You're looking to the music of the world. You're looking to worldly habits. You're looking to wrong association. You're looking to unsafe companionship. And it's a shame because you've been born into a godly heritage. And as much as it grieves your parents, it grieves the heart of God even more. And we see that here in Genesis. When God looked upon man, he saw the wickedness. It said it grieved his heart to see what was happening. So today we have quite the task. Especially as parents, we have a task. And we're trying to raise kids in this fallen culture. And listen, parents, it's it's great to want successful kids, but are we trying to raise spiritual kids or just successful ones? 
You know, we're concerned with kids who will eventually climb the social ladder or climb the corporate ladder, but are we more concerned about that or actually teaching them to walk with God? Are we so stuck on what the world can offer? Are we truly, or is God truly all we need? Is that what we're teaching our kids today? Are we teaching them what the world has and what the world has to offer? We're living in a fallen culture just like Noah did. And we need to be so careful that we're living for God, that we are live, uh, leaving a godly heritage for our children, for our families, for those around us. So we see that there was a fallen culture, the fallen culture of man. But secondly, I want you to notice the frustrated creator's mercy. The frustrated creator's mercy. So we're only here at this point in Genesis. We're six chapters into the Bible. And there was nothing at the very beginning. And we see that God created something. He created everything. And he made something beautiful. He made something perfect. But now we're five chapters in after that. And we see that he's frustrated. He looks at his creation and his heart's grieved with what he sees. He's fed up with something that he's made because of the way they're living, the way that they're going, the way they've turned their back on God already. Six chapters in, and we see that sin has absolutely wreaked havoc among men. Men living any way that they pleased. Men already doing what is right in their own eyes. Men already ignoring the Creator as if God doesn't exist. You know, can you imagine being that close in time to creation? You know, within a few hundred years, and your back's already turned from God. And that's the way society was that day. They turned their back on God. Six chapters have gone, uh, six chapters into the Bible, and many years have gone by at this point, and men think that they're okay without God. They're living their own way. They're doing their own thing. And they're, they haven't seen any punishment so far. But you know what we see? That God's watching. He's watching. He knew what was going on, and we see that His judgment came. And today, we're living in a society today that acts just like God is blind, like He can't see. And we live in more fear of others finding out than anything, especially as Christians. You know, we're more concerned about, well, I don't want Pastor to know about that, or I don't want my parents to find out, or I don't want Pastor Matt to know about that. But what about God? What about when God is looking upon what we're doing? Do you think that upsets God today? Just like it says in verse number 6, it grieved, it grieved Him at His heart. He was frustrated. He looked down at his creation and says that he, it repent, he repented of what he did. He, he, he looked at his, his creation and says, look at what, how far they have gone from me. But at the same time, with all that and how it grieved his heart, look at verse number three. It says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. Look at the mercy of God. He looks at his creation and it grieves his heart. And yet still he says they have 120 years. He gave them time. He says, my spirit isn't always going to strive with man. I see everything that is happening. I know what's going on. I see the violence. I know their wicked thoughts. Yet his day shall be 120 years. And as the culture was degenerating, the mercy of God was still trying to give men uh, time to get it right. Isn't that amazing? 
And that's the mercy that God shows us even today. So today when we, we look at ourselves, we look at our society, we look at our families and our lives, you know, why would you want to frustrate the grace of God by belittling the mercy that He's shown to us? You know, He's shown so much mercy in our lives. He's given us so much grace and yet still we just throw it away. We say, nope, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna lead my family the way that I want to lead them. Has God been working on you about something today? It says 120 years He allowed them. He gave them. He had enough evidence to destroy them right then, but yet He put it off to give them time, to give them a chance because He showed mercy. And I think God looks down upon us today. He looks down on this country. He looks down on this world, on His creation, and He says, what have they become? Look at how far they've gone from me. And yet still He's showing us mercy today. And he's showing mercy to each and every one of us here today. So as we come to church today and examine our hearts, which I hope you do every Sunday, I hope you come to church wanting to change. As we come to church today and we look at our hearts, what's God showing us? What mercy is he showing us today where he says, I'm giving you time. I see what's happening. I know the thoughts in your heart. I see the wicked continually Yet still, I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to give you time to make it right. I'm going to give you time. And God's giving us time today. We don't know how much time, but he has shown mercy to us. So we see the frustrated creator's mercy. And then lastly this morning, I want you to notice the faithful character of Noah. The faithful character of Noah. So now we're going to look at this faithful father. We see in verse number 8 of our passage, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Noah knew how to walk with God. And that, I think that's one of the things today that we've, we've lost sight of. You know, are we walking with God today? We're so busy in our lives and we're so busy running our own race. But yet still the Bible says walk. A steady walk with God. Are you walking with God today? Noah was a righteous man and he walked with God. Hebrews 11:7 in the Hall of Faith it says by faith Noah being warned of God of things not uh, seen as yet moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So we see that Noah he walked with God he also feared God it says there in Hebrews 11:7 moved with fear he had a fear of God he he knew uh, that God was watching he lived a righteous life imagine being in a society where everyone around you is living a wicked life you know it would be so easy for Noah to say well everyone else is doing yet still he had a fear of God and he knew that God was watching and he still lived the righteous life he walked with God. He feared God. Uh, Psalm 128, um, often called the Psalm to the Fathers. In verse number 1, it says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And we see that Noah did both of these things. Today we need dads that are walking in his ways. Today we need dads that are going to fear God. One of the things that we've been teaching Simon lately is why we have rules. You know, it's easy for him to look at the rules or for for us to say, Simon, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Eventually to a kid that gets frustrating. Well, we finally sat him down and says, Simon, these are the rules. We took the Bible and showed him. We made him 
let's just say we had a rough couple of weeks with Simon. So I had a little couple sit-down sessions with him where we wrote out a rule sheet. And we took the Bible and I showed him. And I said, are these mommy and daddy's rules? Yes, but where do we get them from? The Word of God. It's not because it's something that we require, but because... It's God's rules, God watching us, teaching him to have a fear of God. It's not a fear of mom and dad, but a, a trusting in a heavenly father who has given us guidelines to follow in our lives to make us better. <clears throat> we need dads today that are willing to teach their family to walk with God. We need dads today that are going to teach their families to fear God and be conscious of the way they're living and not just trying to fear man or fear what others may think, Because that only goes so far. Because then you're just going to keep that hidden from everyone else as long as you can. But if we have a fear of God, we're going to be conscious of the way we're living our life on a day-to-day basis. We're going to be conscious of thoughts that we're thinking. We're going to be conscious of the imaginations of our heart as we're living our lives. So we see that Noah was a righteous man. We see that he was a hard worker. We see from the task that he had to build this ark. I know many of you have been down to the ark um, experience down in the States and the massive size of the ark. It's a huge undertaking that a man did. He built. And, you know, it goes deeper than what we imagine building because we can just go to Home Depot. We can go to the lumber yard. You can call them up, have them deliver all the material to your place and build something. This is in a time of very... I don't know the word. Um, it wasn't a modern time, but very um, simple tools, simple ways of doing things where they'd have to get the materials themselves. He was a hard worker. Psalm 128, as we read verse number one, no, verse number two, it says, For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy that shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Noah was a hard-working dad, and he would have had to teach his children the work. As he had this great undertaking, it's something that he would have had to teach his kids was to work hard to help him to do, to do the work of God. You know, it's one thing to teach your kids to do work, but we need to teach them as well to do the things of God, to serve God and do the tasks that he has given us. So we see that he was a hard worker. He worked on that ark for many years. His sons would have helped them. He would have needed to train them. Um, the Bible doesn't tell us what Noah's occupation was, but we can see in Scripture that God has always equipped those he calls. You know, there's no reason to believe that God hadn't prepared him beforehand or equipped Noah in building of the ark. You know, it happens in our lives. You know, maybe you're going through something in your life, an experience, you have a special skill, and you say, well, why do I have this? And then you come to find out, I can use that for God. God wants me to use that for him. So we don't know his occupation, but... God always equipped those he calls. So we know that he was a hard worker. He needed to stay faithful in the task, gathering the materials, preparing the materials, maybe hiring laborers, managing them. It would have taken a massive amount of work in building the ark and organizing to build it, to fill it, to store it with food for the flood. Plus you have the task of uh, getting the animals that God had commanded him to get. He was a hard worker. After he landed, he built a vineyard, so which suggested maybe he had some understanding of farming. He would have taught his sons how to be hard workers. You know, are you a hard worker today? Are you teaching your children to be hard workers today? I think that's one thing that's lacking in society today is young people that know how to work. And we need to be teaching our children how to work, but especially in the things of God. 
You know, it would have been one thing for Noah to teach his son a trade, his sons a trade. But could you imagine the lesson in teaching them? We're remaining faithful to God. Could you imagine them asking, why are we doing this? You know, one of the things Simon says, why are we doing this? Why are we going to church? You know, Sunday night, I guarantee you, this afternoon, about 4 o'clock, we're going to get ready, and we're going to start driving to church, and Simon's going to say, where are we going? We're going to church. Why are we going to church again? Every Sunday, without fail. We're teaching him to be faithful. You know, he asked us, well, why are we going to the church today? Why are we doing this? And now he's understanding, and now he says, well, do we have um, something to give that man? Do we have a track to give that man? When he sees someone on the side of the road or... Um, I, when I, I talk to someone, um, I've, I've had a burden lately for talking to, uh, to homeless people and people I see outside the stores and trying to speak to them. And every time Simon sees someone like that now, he says, well, do we have something to give him? Do we have a little bit of money to give him? It's teaching him not only to work hard, but work hard for the things of God and to remain faithful in that. And that's something that Noah would have taught his sons, to remain faithful in the task, to remain faithful in a society that would have been looking down and mocking them and laughing at them, scoffing at the work that was being done. Dads today, we need to teach our families. We need to teach them to work hard. And we need to teach them to work hard at the things of God and to remain faithful. You know, we look at our life and we say, well, we have so much time. We don't know the time that we have. We don't know the time that God has given us to do, to, to fulfill the task at hand. But we need to teach our children. We need to teach our families to work hard for the things of God. So we see that he was a hard worker and we see that he was faithful. Noah was faithful. We see that he preached the word. In 2 Peter 2 verse 5, the Bible says, And spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So we see here in this passage, it refers to uh, uh, Noah being a preacher, preaching the message, letting the people know. And you know, it's one thing, it's easy to preach when people are receptive. It's easy when people are responsive. It's easy to preach to Christians. But can you imagine preaching for 100 or uh, not quite 120 years, but for many years preaching without any success. He preached the coming judgment of God. He preached what was going to happen, and yet still he entered that ark with just his family. But he remained faithful. He was a faithful preacher. He was a faithful father. He raised his children in a fallen culture. And this is where I see a lot of familiarity I can't say that word. In raising his children in the fallen culture, just like we are today. He raised his family in a morally deprived world. He stood for what was right. He would have withstood through the mockery of preaching about a coming judgment, about rain falling from the sky, about building a big boat for many years. He would have been brave. He would have been humble in serving while other people are mocking you. It would have taken a lot to remain faithful in those days. To to not succumb to the pressure of saying, you crazy old man, what are you doing? Still building that boat? Could you imagine doing that for years and years and years, waiting for God and still remaining faithful? But he still carried out the task that God had given him. He was patient. And yet still he followed, he, he, he just worked for those years and finally saw the judgment of God. 
but he also saw the salvation of God as he went into that boat. He was a faithful father through very difficult times. And everyone here today, not just fathers, but uh, parents, family, people that have loved ones around you, we have quite the task today of living a faithful life in a fallen world, in a sin-filled world. But we need to remain faithful. We need to remain patient. We need to remain brave and humble in the task that God has given to us. Noah's preaching in a difficult time. The world um, he was living in was destroyed. And we see that the flood came and God gave a sign. He gave the rainbow to say, I will never, never destroy the world in that way again with a flood. But what do we see today? As God has given us so many things in the world, in the word, he's given us marriage, he's given us um, families, he's given us all sorts of things, he's given us a sign. And what do we see the world doing? Mocking it. A mockery of that which he's ordained. A mockery of the covenant to all mankind. The same wickedness that was punished for the flood, people are making a mockery of today. And that's the world that we're living in today. So we need to remain faithful fathers. We need to remain faithful mothers and aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and big sisters and big brothers. We all need to remain faithful in helping each other live in this world and serving our God and reaching other people before the mercy runs out and the judgment comes. Noah was faithful. He condemned the sin by the preaching. The Bible says that through the building of the ark, he condemned those around him. He kept his family from sin. He preached against people that would have been trying to justify their sin before him. Against God's word, they're going to say, nope, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy for what you're doing. I can live my life my own way. Listen, mom and dad, keep raising your kids the right way, according to the word of God. It might seem difficult in the society we're living in. We might have the pressure from all around us. You might have people saying, you're crazy for what you're doing. You know, I have family members that would say, you're crazy for taking your son to church, for reading him the Bible, for teaching him that way, for chaining him up with rules and regulations. That's what the world looks at us like. And they're saying, you're crazy for what we're doing. But you know what? We need to remain faithful. We need to keep serving. We need to keep raising our family the way that God has shown us. Children, teenagers that are here, you need to keep following mom and dad. They know they're trying to help you. They're trying to lead you in the right way. They're trying to save you from heartache. They're trying to keep you from falling away from God today. We're living in a world that we need to stay away from. The Bible tells us that we need to be separate from the world, that we need to live a holy, sanctified life. And more than ever, the world's creeping into our homes. It's creeping to our lives. And it's our duty as fathers. It's our duty as mothers to take care of our children, to guard them from those things. So children, it's your responsibility to follow your parents and trust them as well as they're trying to help you. God's mercy... He's showing us mercy today. But when is it going to end? Paul tells us in uh, 2 Timothy to get ready for the end time, the generation. And you read through uh, 2 Timothy 3, and it, it definitely sounds like our generation today. And Noah's generation would not listen. They were wicked. They were violent. They were defiant. They were going to live their own way in spite of coming the coming judgment of God. 
And those are the days we're living in today. So what are you going to do today? How are you going to live your life? Maybe today you're here and you're not saved and you, and you, um, you're living that way. The Bible tells us that we have a merciful father. We have a father that's showing each and every one of us mercy and he's showing you mercy today. You just need to accept that mercy, that salvation that God has shown us. Men and women can choose to do what they want to do, even knowing that they will face God one day and give an account. Are you heeding the, the preaching today? You know, there's many people that will sit through the preaching of God's word. That will sit through the preaching, but they'll ignore it, just like in the days of Noah. I beg you today, as God shows you mercy today, accept that mercy. Accept the gift, the salvation that God has given to us. We have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. You know, I think about uh, Simon. You know, things change when you have kids. And you hear people say that, but you never, until it happens, it's, it, I can't even remember what it was like before having Simon. It's only been four years. It's, I can't fathom what it was like before him. And it totally changes everything. And I would give everything up for my son. You know, in a second, I would throw myself in front of Simon, lay down my life for him to protect him. But we have a Heavenly Father that loves us so much today that he was willing to give his son to die for us. You know, can you fathom that today? I can't. I can't understand that. But he did it for us. And he showed us mercy. And he's showed us grace. We just need to accept that today. So we see this faithful father. We see Noah. And the amazing thing is that nothing stopped Noah from obeying the word of God. So I ask you today, as you examine your lives, what's stopping you from obeying God's word? What's stopping you from trying to raise your children in a godly way? From leaving a godly heritage for your family. Noah just kept building the ark and preaching righteousness. This morning, are you going to stop? Are you going to let the world stop you? Are you going to let them mocking you stop you from what God has told you to do? Will you be influenced by the world or will you make an impact on the people around us, and the people in our lives, in our families, in our unsaved families? We all have a task here to do today, just like Noah had a task in those days. We have a job to do. But fathers, we have a task as well. And I hope today that you are encouraged to be a faithful father, just like Noah was. Let's pray this morning.